The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> Oh, addicts, you, you got what I need, but you say we're all just friends, but you say we're all just friends. I'm Biz Marquis. I'm here with Sterling Holmes. Uh, how you feeling today, my man? Dude, you're back. I've missed I'm, you. I'm I just want to you know, give all you a hug. Things, all living things need to breathe. I think you need a little bit of space from me because now you're loving me. I think oh, you, man. Now you're loving me. You weren't loving me before. Now you're loving me. Mm, like you the love hair. hair. I miss the golden locks, the beard, the difference of glasses every single show. We're, Maddie C, I've missed you. I'm here. I miss, you know, I miss you too, my man. I missed you. I missed your drum heads. I missed your sweet. We'll sweet talk each other later. Uh, why don't you sweet talk some sponsorship? Because we love KC Beer. Don't even need a sweet talk because it is the truth. The best beer in KC, therefore the world. KC Beer Company. Try it out, please. If you've not tried it yet, come on. What are you doing? It's incredible. It's the best beer you will have. They make their their beer based on the German purity laws of 1516. It's it's just frankly just incredible, incredible beer. The Kolsch, outstanding. Uh, The Dunkel, phenomenal. Um, the Einsbach, the Baltic Porter last year with that specialty one came out just, just all so good. Every time they come out with a new beer, I always go down to Casey Beer Co. to the actual beer hall and try it out. Their sauces, their brats, outstanding. And the potato salad, chef's kiss. If you have a chance, go down to the actual Casey Beer location, get a tour, grab a brat, grab some potato salad. Of course, grab a beer. You'll have a great time. Let's talk some Chiefs. Let's talk some Chiefs, man. Uh, look, I'm here. I'm not suspended. You're here. You're clearly not suspended. Will he make it to the midseason point? What's mm. going on? What do you make of this, man? Will yeah. he get junior out four games? Now, like, there's a lot to dissect here. You and I haven't talked about it. Maybe some people have dissected it to death. But, I, you know, I, I guess I'd just love for you to kind of, like, first of all, I'd just love to get your thoughts on it. Like, when sure. you heard when you heard it the first time, Suddenly, Willie Gay Jr. is just out four games. We're hearing about it like after week two. It's like, wait, what just happened? What's going on? What like what did you make of that announcement? Yeah, I was just shocked, blindsided. It felt like it came out of nowhere. First off, here's some backstory. In June of this year, Willie Gay and his legal team made a deal with prosecutors to enter a diversion program and avoid jail time. Deal involved him having mental health counseling, getting drug tested in addition to the NFL's testing, paying fines, fees, restitution, and then staying out of trouble for 12 months. Very, very interesting. This stemmed from an altercation between Gay and the mother of his child, which resulted in the destroying a property less than $1,000. I guess, to me, I'm not necessarily upset that there was a suspension, right? I understand what he did was wrong. I think the people that say, well, he just broke a vacuum, that's not 
true. I mean, it sounds worse than him just breaking a vacuum. You're not getting suspended. You're not doing all of this if it was just breaking a vacuum. Obviously, the mother of his child felt threatened, this, that, and the other. We were not there. So we will never know the full side of and scope of everything. But it's also weird, the timing of this. It's weird him getting four games when it feels like I'm not saying what he did was not wrong. Again, I am saying what he did was wrong. But when you look around the NFL at some things, I don't want to say were worse, but other instances of abuse, of domestic violence, of frankly, things much, much worse than this, or at least different on, on a scale. It's just, it's weird that like the NFL just spins a wheel and says, all right, you get four games, you get two games, you're 11 games. I'm sure he's going to appeal. I've not heard much about the appeal process yet. I don't know if this is the final thing. He's just going to accept it and say it's going to be four games anyways. Might as well get it done now. Um, it's just very interesting to me. Yeah. I mean, our own Matt Verderham had a report yesterday saying that from what he hears, there will be no appeal, which mm-hmm. means it starts immediately and we'll see Willie Gay again in week seven against the San Francisco 49ers. So that means he's out against uh, the Bills, which Trent McDuffie is as well. So there's like two of your best defenders gone. Uh, for for big games coming up, right? I think you're right. I th- and I th- and I think people in general wouldn't flinch at a suspension. But here's what I don't understand: the NFL is a is a the NFL makes more money than almost anything else on planet Earth. I mean, everything it 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 it, it like it can print its own money. And so, why is there not some accountable process with very clear diagrams of if this happens? Then that happens. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's crazy. There are like small businesses with better, you know, outcomes predicting on what what you do in the workplace um, or with personal behavior. The NFL does seem to make it up. I for for people who are wanting to go light on this, I have a problem with that. If you read the details, it is harrowing. You know, she was saying, uh, you know, she filed for him. She filed for Willie Gay to have to have supervised visits with his kid. She filed before this event saying, like, I don't want him near me. I don't know if there was, like, an, an official, you know, like, like what do you call when, it, when you have to stay away from a, from a protective order or something like that. You know, she maintains that he pushed her with a baby in, in her arms. You know, I mean, there, I mean, like, there was a buildup with volume and an NFL athlete presence and strength in the room throwing physical objects across the room and damaging walls and things. So like that is an intimidating environment that deserves. So if the NFL says, Hey, the the floor here is four games for any domestic violence issue whatsoever. I could understand that. But what's crazy is Roger Goodell has never come out and said, Hey, here's how this goes. The minimum for anything related at all to DV is four games. We just haven't heard that. And why it's week three when we're hearing it again, same thing. This, this thing goes back to January. Yeah. What are we doing with it now? And I just don't understand to your point. I would just like some transparency from the NFL and from Goodell with Frank Clark, who had a felony charge, right. With, with the Uzi, what, what, anything. And then with Deshaun Watson, 11 games just seems random. And frankly, it seems like I don't want to, you know, throw this in the NFL, but it's also like what, what the game he comes back for. Yeah. The Houston Texans like that just right. feels like, oh, OK, that's random, huh? And then you have Alvin Kamara, the whole situation during the Pro right. Bowl. And we've heard nothing. It, it just feels like it's just again, they spin a wheel and decide what they're going to and what they're not going to do. 
I just, I would like some transparency. I don't think this is some, you know, conspiracy against the Chiefs. I know we've seen some of this. Like, they don't want the Chiefs' full strength against the Bills. I don't think there's any of that going on. Frankly, you would assume the NFL would want both teams to be full strength because this is the two, these are the two hopeful champions in the AFC, right? These are the two best teams by far, not just the AFC, but the whole NFL. I would assume they'd want them to be full strength. I'm just frustrated at the lack of transparency from Goodell in the NFL when it comes to suspensions. Again, we are not condoning what Willie Gay Jr. did at all. We would just like some openness and transparency. And again, we're never going to get it. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, you're totally right. And, you know, you brought up Alvin Kamara. Like, with him on that night was Chiefs cornerback Chris Lamont's who's still playing every single week with the team. And, and and the guy has battery charges outstanding against him. And he's just, he's just still playing. Like, is he going to get a magically sprinkled suspension in week 10? Just, just because they feel like that's the magic moment. I mean, it, it's also, it's also silly to me. I, I was a little surprised. Were you, are you surprised if he doesn't appeal it? No. And the reason why is Jason brings up a, a good point here in the chats right here. Again, Love all your guys' comments. We do like to take a look at them, so we do appreciate you guys commenting on the videos. It's early in the season. Get it out of the way early. No reason to drag this on. I know the Bills game is going to be in there, but you're hoping to play the Bills in the playoffs, not necessarily week six, right? There's a bigger picture here. Get it done now. Get it out of the way early. The Chiefs did themselves a huge favor going 2-0, beating a divisional divisional rival in the Chargers, who obviously look at the best team in the AFC West because the Raiders and Broncos are horrible. Like, get it done now. Come back full strength later. Hopefully the defense is gelled by the end of the season. Just get it over with. Sterling, let me ask you this. Willie Gay, you know, it's not like losing even Derek Nottie or something. It's not like losing your third safety. I mean, here's like, you know, you got two linebackers on the field at all times. And and the elder of those is Willie Gay. He's the only guy with like great sideline to sideline speed. He's the best guy in coverage you've got. What do you do there? I mean, if you're Steve Spagnolo, four games, you know, you can make light of the Colts and we will in just a minute or whatever, but, but in general, the, this front part of the schedule is the is the gauntlet. What do you do about this, like on the field? Do you have ideas? Yeah, I don't think as much as we would probably like to or want to assume. See a lot of Leo Chanel. I just don't think it's different positions, 
Like you're not going to see Leo in, in, in pass coverage. Yeah. You're, you're just not, even though the athleticism is there, we've not seen that from Leo yet. Maybe he gets an uptick in snap count, but I don't think it's going to be a direct correlation. Uh, is that going to be Elijah Lee? Maybe we'll, we'll see going forward. It's going to be a big loss on the football field, especially it's going to be a big loss. Nick Bolton is great, but they play so well together. We've heard time and time again how Nick Bolton gets Willie Gay Jr. in place. They have that connection, right? Well, now you, you lose half that connection. Can that be replaced by Elijah Lee-Leo combination? I don't know if it can. Um, as far as just a strictly p- football perspective, this is a massive loss for the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I, I think the drop-off is going to be huge. I, I don't think that it has to be necessarily just linebackers, right? I mean – if you move yeah. if you move Nick Bolton over, then you can play Leo more. But then you got two guys not like then you have Nick not fully being Nick, and you don't have Willie being Willie. You're creating a hole to kind of sort of fill a hole, so that doesn't make sense. You get Elijah Lee who can fill in, that may be good. But what about adding more safety help there, right? I mean, if you can rotate in Brian Cook, you know, mm-hmm. you can, like that's the more Tasty. Loaded, right. That's the more loaded angle. Uh, you're really set as safety. Um, and so I, I think you could see maybe some Brian Cook, uh, some Dion Bush doing maybe what some things that Willie was tasked to do there. At the same time, I will say this. Uh, the Chiefs paid, I, th- I believe it was the biggest signing bonus of any UDFA this summer, the Chiefs, to Jack Cochran, who was a linebacker out of what, South Dakota State or something like that. Um, he doesn't make the team, but he makes the, the practice squad. And last week they elevated him from the practice squad. It's almost like they knew that was going to happen to Willie Gay. And maybe they gave Cochran like experience, like, hey, we're going to put you there. We're going to get you on the sideline on Sundays. We want you to watch what's going on. We want you to see what's happening. He is a solid coverage guy. At the same time, he was playing at South Dakota State. So there's a big leap in competition there. But the skill set, is the same, and the Chiefs liked him like that. So I'm looking at them elevating him last week. I'm trying to read some of the tea leaves. This could not have caught the Chiefs by surprise. They had to know. So maybe there's maybe there's something with Cochran down the road as he learns. Maybe there's some safety help. That would be my guess. I like that a lot. That's a really good read between the lines there, Matt. That's very, very impressive. Detective work. Sherlock Holmes. And Watts. And Watts. Watts on. Watts. Justin Watson. Whatever. Anyway. I was thinking more Jalen, but that's fine too. Jalen Watson, yeah. And, you know, we haven't talked about Darius Harris, which I think even some people have brought up in the comments. Um, You know, Harris was so impressive in that third preseason game, says Jan Fry Gable. You know, I mean, like that's a solid play. Harris would fit naturally there too. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Do you think – I guess the majority of this is going to be situational as well against the Colts. You might see more, Leo, just based on the fact that they're going to probably be handing the ball off nonstop to Jonathan Taylor because uh, Matt Ryan looks bad. <laughs> this is not news. The Colts put up a zero against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm going to assume they're going to try and the old hold the ball as long as you can. Don't give Mahomes time, which is convoluted because I don't think it changes much because, again, Mahomes is going to get the ball no matter how long you have the ball for. It's not like you keep the ball in extra possession just because you run it more often. Besides that, if Pittman's going to be banged up, they're going to need to go to Jonathan Taylor more because who else is Matt Ryan throwing to? Which leads me to believe you'll probably see more Leo in this game, but the three games after, for example, let's say the Bills, that's going to be a game-by-game situational basis. Yeah, I mean, this stretch, you've got the, you've got the Bucks. Um, you know, the Raiders who are going to play the Chiefs tough. 
Um, like any divisional team is gonna is gonna get up for that. Yeah, this is this is a tough four game stretch for Willie to be out um, and us to be moving through. Hey, by the way, just see, so we're gonna talk Colts here in in just a minute. Um, also want to talk through a, some injuries, but hey, just want to let all of you know if you're listening, if you're watching um, on YouTube or listening to you, through your favorite uh, podcast app or player, you probably know that we have memberships. Um, it's a great way to interact. Um, with some folks I even solicited in, in the in the Discord chat, our special members-only Discord chat for some questions for today's show. But uh, we've always just had one tier, and that tier for an for an Arrowhead Attic membership got you like access to our Discord server where we have like where you can chat with everyone, Matt, Verderam, Patrick, Adam Best, myself, Sterling. But then there's also what we're doing is we're creating some new tiers. Um, and so actually starting today, there's actually a brand new, we're calling it the Rookie Camp tier, just for 99 cents a month, gets you access to a brand new um, members only weekly newsletter that's going to be written by Adam Best. It's going to have some great insights about the Chiefs, Chiefs Kingdom, upcoming opponents, etc. And that will come with also Discord view only access. Then our normal membership, which is now what we're calling Starting 11. Um, you'll also have access to the weekly newsletter. Um, it'll be the full Discord access like normal. We're also creating much more bonus content uh, to come for that tier and other tiers. Matt Verderam with Mailbag and, and Film Room and all kinds of stuff. We have a lot of stuff planned. We've been uh, pl- doing a lot of thinking in the works. We think you're gonna love it. Um, we also have members only events. Happy hours, fantasy leagues, which I won this week. Uh, hey, me too. <laughs> I lose perpetually, but I actually won this week, so I'm happy. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, if if um, you can find all of the information about current AA memberships and keep your eye out for future information, wherever you listen to um, or take in this podcast, just check the description for a link, and it'll all be right there. I, I think I did that pitch pretty well, right? That's yeah, good. you nailed it, dude. First time. Very, very well, proud of you. you hey, um, so we want we want to talk Colts, but but I just want to give an update because you know the, the Chiefs have been off. It's gonna be 10 days. That's great, but it can also make us forget about the number of injured players on the roster. I wanted just to run through the current Chiefs injuries as we know them and get your take, Sterling, on kind of how concerned you are, what you're thinking about this going forward, um, and then we'll get to the Colts after we kind of preview the Chiefs healthier. But I want to run through some current injuries. Just wondering what you're thinking of Harrison Bucker. You know, it's uh, like with Harrison being out, Matt Amendola stepped up. He did, you know, he did fine. Two short field goals, three extra points, nailed them all. He did what he was supposed to do. But, you know, Andy Reid said earlier this week, hey, it's kind of a mystery. Like, we'll we'll know when we have him. Like, what do you, like, are you worried about not having a weapon like Bucker, like, long longer term? Or what's your thought there? Longer term, yes. For the Colts, no. If it comes down to an extra point or a field goal against the Colts, that's a huge blunder by the Chiefs' entire team and coaching staff, Mahomes. A lot of things would have to go wrong for that to be a factor, in my opinion. If I were the Kansas City Chiefs, I would take it very, very cautiously with Harrison Butker. I had a chance to talk with Chiefs Hall of Famer uh, Nick Lowry, right? And he basically said it's a lot of pressure on that plant foot, especially when you're trying to get the ball high in the air early, quick, you know, those 50 yarders. Like that's why he, it was so impressive on that one step drop, falling onto his, his leg, you know, his kicking foot. That's extremely difficult. Nick Lowry was basically saying, 
you want to rest him until he's fully healthy. You don't want this to be a lingering injury the entire season. Maybe it flares up again in the playoffs in a big game. Let him get healthy now. There is zero reason to rush him back. Amendola was fine. Uh, Again, if you're counting on him against the Colts, more things would have to go wrong. I know you want all your weapons, and Bucker is definitely a weapon. There's just no reason, in my opinion, to rush him back until he is fully healthy because I want Bucker ready for late season playoffs when the games matter even more. Yeah, I um, I agree with you. I, I think a moment like this really reminds us, right, that, that oh, yeah, Harrison Bucker is an incredible weapon for the Chiefs. We forget it when we're talking about Mahomes and Kelsey and all the high, like all the firepower and the cool, like the big names that have come through here and, and, the, and the pro bowlers that are mentioned. And you forget like, oh, gosh, Bucker can nail about as long of a kick as anyone in the NFL. And he's accurate as hell. Like he's both of those things. And he's usually overlooked just because the Chiefs have so many stars that it's hard for them to stand out versus like, you know, Justin Tucker, um, maybe on a team that struggles to put up as many points as the Chiefs do or something like that, you know, gives much more acclaim. Um, yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, we had a question. What's Bucker's final prognosis from angry drunken German? Uh, just want to highlight that that earlier this just on Monday that Andy Reid said that we we don't know yet. So I, I'm assuming it'll be a uh, a game time injury or whatever. What do you think Andy was going to say? It's area 51. You're not getting a straight answer from Andy ever. We look forward to the challenge of playing the name of team. <laughs> so uh, let me ask you the trimming Duffy. You know, we, we saw him out last week. Jalen Watson really stepped up. I mean, a rookie cornerback ended up like stealing the show of the whole game which maybe tells us something. But what do you think about the team's long-term ability to keep up that success in the secondary? Were, were you were you encouraged by what you saw? Oh, very encouraged. I think Trent McDuffie is what we saw in, what was it, 21 snaps, zero targets against him. Dude is blanketing guys. When he comes back, he is going to be an absolute weapon, and this allows Jalen Watson, potentially Joshua Williams, to get more playing time. Rashad Fitton, I think, is a fine cornerback. I know he got burnt, but he's a six-rounder who's fine. If you're counting on Rashad Fitton to be, you know, J.C. Jackson, that's on you. That's not who he is. He's a fine corner. He's not spectacular, but he does a fine job in my mind. When McDuffie comes back, that will be a massive upgrade. This allows some of the younger guys to get an opportunity. Uh, McDuffie, I'm a little nervous about. I would like him back for the Bills game. I know it's an automatic four games. He's out, correct? So he potentially could be back for that Bills game. That's a possibility. Uh, Do you rush him back after seeing Stephon Diggs dominate the Vikings? I don't want him hurting hurting the ankle any worse, right? But still someone's got to guard Stephon Diggs. I don't know if I want Jalen Watson going up against him, but we'll see. This is a major injury to watch, but I'm always in the camp of you play for the playoffs. As long as you can make the playoffs, health is the next most important situation. The, the Chiefs' schedule is so difficult. The Bills is not as or is not uh, as hard. If the Bills get the one seed, they're probably going to win 14-plus games, right? Kansas City has an uphill battle trying to get that, even with them both being at 2-0. and um, Make sure you get to the playoffs healthy. Don't risk another major injury to what could be a cornerstone cornerback in Trent McDuffie. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure he's back in four weeks. I mean, the, we, we've seen those hamstring injuries really take their time. You know, 
it wouldn't surprise me if it was six games. Um, and it, and it, you know, felt more like a whole mid season injury that, or, you know, sort of a half season of, of losing playing time versus a quarter season. Hope that's not the case. I'm really high on McDuffie. Love McDuffie. I think he's going to be a great kid. You know, yeah, we're seeing, um, we're seeing a tested secondary. Would you like to see a veteran move there, by the way, like a free agent signing or anything like that? It, if it moves the needle, if it moves the needle. Yeah. But I'm fine waiting. Jalen Watson showed me enough. Uh, again, Rashad Fitton, I think he is who he is, right? He's he's a guy. He'll get pushed out. If Watson performs well, Fitton's going to be the guy getting pushed back when McDuffie gets back. That's a good thing to have. Uh, yeah. And then we'll see from Joshua Williams. I don't know if he'll get a ton of play, but he should get more. When he, I mean, talk about when McDuffie gets back, how much Williams will playing time will actually have. Probably not much at all. If you wanted to go after a veteran, that's fine. I wouldn't necessarily be opposed. I just don't want that taken away from Jalen Watson and his growth. Because this, this is not only the Chiefs' you know, playoff push, Super Bowl aspiration year. This is also a growth year for them. This is also a what do you have going forward? Or is this guy going to be a corner for you know four or five-plus years for the Chiefs? And that's hopefully what they have in Watson, Williams, McDuffie, ETC. Yeah, yeah. A couple other injuries that were suffered during the last game. Um, Andy Reed came out and called him minor, but for example, Mike Dana left with a calf injury and did not return. McCole Hardman, we saw him dealing with an ankle injury. He did come back into the game, but it looked like something that was really bothering him for a moment. Are you worried about either one of those minor injuries as they're being termed and maybe what they could mean for those units or those players going forward? I would be more concerned with Dana, which is kind of funny. He's been really good the first couple of games of the season. He he's shown some progress. I think they'll be fine without him, but he has actually shown some growth uh, and, and some more potential and maybe a ceiling that I didn't know he potentially had. I thought he was going to be a guy who was who he was. I don't think he's going to be a superstar by any means, not necessarily maybe a game changer, but a very good rotational piece. I think the chiefs would be fine without Harbin for a game or two. MVS needs to step up. Sky Moore, more opportunity for him would be nice to see. I think we'll probably see more Juju. Maybe we'll see Darius Fountain get, you know, get some play. Justin Watson showed out, right? He, he showed a little something there. So with Noah Hardman, I think the Chiefs are okay at receiver. But with Dana, that's a rotational piece that was actually making an impact. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I think of anything, the, if there's a minor injury that has me concerned, it's still Mahomes' wrist. Which, um, you know, I mean, he's going to put up MVP numbers even with that wrist. I just hate seeing him having to work around anything at all. Um, and so, you know, I'm just hoping that that's like, okay, he's going to be all right um, overall. But, but yeah, you know, I mean, I think every team's going to take their lumps. The Chiefs are taking their lumps like anyone else. Um, that is what it is. So Yeah, and, and really quickly, good point, Mr. Schwump, on um, on the comments right there. What I've been saying, I'm glad we're on the same page here. Basically, he says, let's Belichick this thing. Nothing matters until the final third of the season onward. I am with you. I keep saying it. As long as you make the playoffs, the playoffs are what matters. No one cares what the final score is when you play the Giants. Remember the Chiefs barely beat the Giants last year, and everyone's freaking out about it? It didn't matter. They got the victory. They moved on. Playing for the number one seed at this point is a fool's errand is what's in there. I'm kind of with you. I don't think the Chiefs are out of the running for the, the number one seed, obviously. But again, that's not the main factor at play. Health come playoff time, making the playoffs, that is the number one priority. Yeah. Let's uh, let's look week three. The Chiefs are coming off a miniature bye. We're visiting the Indianapolis Colts. Look, I watched that game in depth. 
beginning to end. I have no explanation for the Indianapolis Colts and what's going on there. I mean, it's it's it, uh, we could talk about this in more detail, but I want to lead out with a question from the Discord channel, the members Discord channel. So Zach from the Discord channel wanted to know what you thought of a potential trap game for the Chiefs here with the Colts looking so bad. No, it's Andy Reid. This is a well-run organization. I think trap games are a real thing. I don't think this is going to be a trap game for the Chiefs. Andy Reid with, what, nine days? They'll be they'll be ready. They'll be prepared. Mahomes is playing pissed off, right? Maybe Tyreek Hill in Miami going off, lights another fire that we didn't even think was possible, saying, all right, yeah, sure, Tyreek and Tua did it. Let's let's beat that. <laughs> I'm not letting that happen. So I do think there's a little something to that, but I don't see this being a trap game. The Colts just aren't good. I thought Matt Ryan still had something left in the tank. Uh, I don't think he does. I know it's early on, but by the way, Carson Wentz looks really, really good in Washington. Maybe this is a offensive scheme issue, a quarterback issue going on, an Indian overline issue here because, you know, Matt Ryan didn't look horrendous last year. It's two games, but he looks horrendous this year. And Carson Wentz again in two games looks really good in Washington. Maybe there's some underlying issues in, in Indy. And again, if Pittman is banged up, I mean, who are they throwing to? Yeah, you you bring up some great points there. I, I will say, here's what I keep thinking about, about really that whole AFC South. The, the truth is, you could have if you could have picked out a two-game stretch to look at the Chiefs last year, you could have found a two-game stretch where you would shake your head and go, what what the hell happened? What's going on? I thought Andy Reid was coach of this team. I thought mm-hmm. I thought Patrick Mahomes was quarterback of this team. I thought I thought this team had more members of the NFL top 100 than than any other. What the hell's going? On? I mean, you could do that, right? And so I think the Colts notoriously slow starters. They suck in Jacksonville for reasons unknown. The Jacks have five wins since the start of the 2022 season. Three against the Colts. And they're like two and twenty-eight against everyone else. Like it's it's just it's it's totally bananas. Their mastery of the Colts. So yeah, I yeah. Anyway, let's talk here. Wait. Yeah, sorry. Two words, Gus Bradley. Man, at one point that guy was like best defensive mind in football, right? When he was like when he was out west, and and uh, I yeah, I don't know what happened. What happened? <laughs> I mean, what, the Chiefs dropped 41 doing single high safety. He goes, you know what? Let's see if they can do it again. And the Chiefs dropped, what, 44? Something like that in the second game. Now he's in Indy. Yeah. Again, this is not a trap game in my mind. I just don't think Indy's any good. I think the Chiefs, they're trying to prove a point. I I don't care about the injuries for the the Chiefs at this point, unless it's Mahomes, Kelsey, or a major, major, major player. They should roll over the Colts. I mean, I, I think this will be a blowout. Okay. Well, let, let's go let's go over the game in a little bit of detail, but I want to do so let me just ask three questions um that I think maybe will give us a kind of an intriguing way to talk about the game. First of all, let me ask you this, what are you most afraid of when it comes to Colts at or Chiefs at Colts? Is there I mean is there anything there that fits? Matt Ryan realizes he used to be good and has one game left in his arm because Jonathan Taylor is the only thing that's truly scary and even even this, I'm not scared of because their offensive line's not the same as it once was. You can be a good running back, as we saw last night in Derrick Henry, and if your offensive line struggles, you're not going to perform. If you're getting hit behind the line of scrimmage, it doesn't matter how good you are, 
you're not going anywhere. And I think the pass rush, the linebacking core, getting to Willie Gay is big, but if Leo plays more, Nick Bolton gets downhill quick, the Chiefs are going to be fine. I think they'll they'll handle their business with Jonathan Taylor. Even if he gets 100 yards, it's going to probably take 25 carries for him to get it. Matt Ryan's going to be forced to throw. I, t- I like that. Take your chances. Leave Rashad Fitton one-on-one with Matt Ryan and what's it, Pascal. Like, I, I believe in Rashad Fitton in, the, in this matchup. So we'll see. We'll see. But I'm not necessarily afraid of anyone from the Colts. Yeah. I, I, if I'm afraid of anything, I think it's the Colts waking up a bit. I, I think everyone is is over. I'm not afraid of this. I, I predict that I think the Chiefs are going to win. I'm not worried about – I'm not really worried. But if I was going to be worried, it would be about – I think everyone is really overlooking the Colts and just going like, oh, my gosh, they suck so bad and they're talentless. And the truth is, is that they have a fairly deep roster at some key positions. And you, we, you we can overlook it because we're not playing the game. The players won't overlook it, though. I mean, if you've played any game, any sport your entire life, even if you're playing a bad team, you don't overlook it because you're in the moment. You're in the game. That's why I always think it's interesting when people say trap game because the media might overlook it and say they'll look at it in the next game. Players typically don't. I mean, you're, you're actually having to go out there and win that game in the moment. You want your stats first and foremost. Let's be real here. There was a reason why some of the players in that in that Bills game and Titans game, uh, I think it was Robert Woods was in for the Titans fairly late into that game. You want your stats. It shows up in contract negotiations. So e- even if it's a trap game where it's a great team going against a bad team, you're not necessarily overlooking it because you, you want to make sure that you go out and put in a good performance. I, I get that, except there's every year, every team loses to some other team that you're like, what the hell just happened? But that's in any given Sunday more so than a trap game in my mind. If that if that's yeah, would, if that's fair, that, that's that's where I'm coming from. Yeah, I'm not. I wouldn't call this a trap game. I'm saying I think the Colts are better than people generally realize. I don't think Matt Ryan has hit the wall and is suddenly completely ineffective. Like JT was an MVP candidate last year. Like this is a team. Like when they get Shaq Leonard and used to be Darius Leonard back. You know Quentin Nelson. I mean, this is a team with like really great players. You have DeForest Buckner um, along the line. They traded for Ngakwe from the Raiders. He hasn't done anything yet, but it's not like the potential is not there. Everyone liked them as a potential winner for that division before the year. So let's not pretend that we're suddenly taking on an expansion franchise in week three and we should roll by 40. I like that. That's just not true. The Colts could be falling apart. I think Frank Reich is an overrated coach. I, I think there's some real issues there, but the Colts are not also Rams that, that have no place in the NFL and should be relegated to the CFL. Maybe the Montreal Alouettes will come in and take over for them or some kind of bananas, whatever. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, I'm with you. I, again, it's any given Sunday. I'm not saying the Colts can't possibly win this game, and it's it's unfathomable to think, but a lot of things would have to go their way. The Chiefs would have to have a lot of turnovers. Yeah. Matt Ryan would have to look like the Matt Ryan of old. And again, you are correct. I had the Colts winning that division. I said the Titans are going to be bad. Titans look bad so far. I thought the Colts were going to be a more complete team in a bad division. They've not looked apart so far. To me, it comes down to Matt Ryan. I didn't know Matt Ryan was going to have to revert back like this. I didn't know Matt Ryan looks like he's fallen off a cliff. And And that's what it comes down to. Because if you don't have receivers, if you don't have a good quarterback, look around the NFL, it's tough to score. If you looked at that Steelers Patriots game, you wanted to gouge your eyes out. You, we get to watch Mahomes every single week and go, wow, scoring's fairly easy. Why don't teams just throw the ball? 
I mean, even the Buccaneers, they couldn't get anything going against the Saints. They have Tom Brady, Tom freaking Brady. But if you don't have receivers, when Scotty Miller was your number one because everyone else was hurt, you get no separation. And so the Colts without Pittman last week, they got no separation. So maybe Matt Ryan's not completely toast. And if Pittman comes back and this, that, and the other, it's just, it feels like a lot of what ifs instead of the Chiefs would have to have a lot of things go wrong. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. Let me ask you this. What are you most fascinated by? in this game is there an aspect to it that you're i don't know that you want to see the most a match bolton nick bolton against jonathan taylor nick bolton getting 20 tackles i mean i don't know if he gets 20 but you know 15 i don't think is out of the equation i think if nick bolton got 15 tackles you would not be surprised yeah nick bolton is going to be a major factor in this game if the colts keep it close that's how they'll just run it nonstop with jonathan taylor and if the chiefs keep giving up four or five yard chunks on the ground that's the only way i really see the colts um, winning this ball game. And so it's going to come down to Nick Bolton, the defensive line, but especially Nick Bolton. Can he wrap up the chiefs in general had a little bit of issue tackling against the chargers. We saw Willie Gay jr. Missed that one. Uh, even though he read the play well, he missed the tackle. So to me, it comes down, can the chiefs tackle and that starts with Nick Bolton. Yeah. I'm, I'm fascinated to watch the pass rush here, right? It's a little bit of a homecoming for George Karloftis who played at Purdue, which is right up the road uh, from Indianapolis. So you can, I bet there'll be a, a ton of people in the stands for George uh, and, and, uh, and rooting for him there. Um, and, and the Colts, Ola, the Colts O-line looked horrible. I mean, Josh Allen was having his way with them. The, the, the Jags, I mean, you know, you saw the results. I mean, it was just so pitiful. That line, the Colts were beat in the trenches on both sides. Like they'd never invested anything in them. And the Colts have invested more in the trenches than your average franchise. It's it's it was bananas to me watching the game how Jacksonville, Jacksonville, J A C K Sonville had their way with the Colts. It it was amazing. Tre- Trevor Lawrence, the Jacksonville, Jacksonville had a quarterback who completed 83% of his passes. 83%. They were the Colts were playing so soft, just giving them anything at all. But I mean, I'm off to the race on something else. It's like Doug Peterson, baby. It's just <laughs> fucking crazy. It was just crazy. So yeah, they lost big time in the trenches. If you're hungry to see Chris Jones feast, George Karloftis have a breakout game, Frank Clark show something, Turk Wharton say, I'm here too. Like this is the game where that could happen for a couple of those guys. What are you most confident about in this game? Besides a win? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I just think I think this Chiefs defense is just going to look really good. Um and and uh I I hope that that can continue to be the case, but but um yeah, man, I like the way Jacksonville made them look. I think this is going to be just a, a like a real showcase for the Chiefs. And I think the people I think people will start to talk about the Chiefs defense having looked decent three games in a row if they can look good against like really good against the Cardinals, really good against, you know, against the Colts and then like hey on a short week they held off the heroics of Justin Herbert. I think people may start to talk about the youth and and what this Chiefs defense can bring. What about you? I was going to go with Mahomes, but I think they get up early enough that they're going to run the ball a lot. And I think we might see a breakup performance from Clyde. That last run from Clyde was just fantastic. He looked really, really good the entire, entire game last Thursday against the Chargers. I think the same thing happens. The offensive line of Kansas City has been getting just massive holes 
and Clyde's been finding them. He's running very, very physical. He's definitely not falling over at first contact anymore, but I think it's because he's healthy. We, we mentioned it. We, when we talked to him, this is his first real, truly full off season. He's healthy. So I think we'll see Clyde run angry again, but early on, it'll be Mahomes. He saw what Josh Allen did. I don't think he plays because Josh Allen's out there performing him and getting talked about on national media. thing. That's not why Mahomes plays the game, but there's, Got to be a little party that goes, I'm still Patrick Mahomes. I'm Patrick bleeping Mahomes. I'm an MVP. I've won a Super Bowl. You're talking about Tua and Tyreek Hill? You, you still got to come through us. You got to come through Arrowhead. You got to beat us. And so I think Mahomes is going to come out at least early on and prove why he's still the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, totally. Let me let me uh, just ask you this. You just brought up Tyreek. It brings up, brings up two things for me. One... I hate the fact that Tyreek is now taking on the heel. He's taken a heel turn uh, in this whole last six months, and I hate it because the guy was the most exciting player to watch. You know, like like as a Chiefs fan, I felt like privileged to watch him at work in this system. At the same time, I'm also now watching him in Miami and going, boy, He's just still a hell of a player. I mean, he, you know, putting up these, putting up the production that he does. Just wondering, like, like, what are your thoughts there after two weeks of of Tyreek in Miami? I'm just curious, kind of, what you're thinking about Tyreek these days. He is obviously in, incredibly talented. It kind of shows he didn't need the Chiefs. The Chiefs didn't need him. Wide receivers as impactful as they can be, and he might be the biggest game changer, right? I think Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in the NFL, but Tyreek Hill's top five, maybe top three, and maybe the most the most dynamic, if you will, right? Quarterbacks, what really matters. Offensive line really matters. Tyreek Hill's a phenomenal talent, but he did it here in Kansas City. He did it in Miami. Tua Tagovailoa is not a top, what, eight quarterback, top 10 maybe, I mean, he looked really good. Don't get me wrong so far this season, but I don't think the Chiefs needed Tyreek Hill. We've not seen the loss of him at least yet. Uh, Maybe, you know, I don't think 13 seconds happens without him. I don't think it does, but who knows? Maybe they get it done with Juju Smith-Schuster and and Travis Kelsey if a situation arises this year. I don't know, but so far early on, it doesn't look like the Chiefs needed Tyreek, and Tyreek has shown he has not needed Kansas City. Yeah, Sterling, you want to take us into the must list for this week? Let's do the must list. If you've been around here a while, this has been going on for about uh, five to six weeks now, a little over a month, where we pick one thing that we must have you guys watch, listen, or read. Richard, get in here with that mustache. What's up, guys? Richard. Dude, Richard's the man. So for those of you that don't know, he's the man behind the scenes, always wears incredible shirts, the best mustache in the game, best hair, and always looks like he's in the 1970s. Like, I'm trying to think of who you look like, and it's definitely someone from Led Zeppelin. I'll take it. Who had a mustache? Who had a mustache in Led Zeppelin? Maybe no one. I think Richard's right out of Almost Famous, that Cameron Crowe movie, which is like a, one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite movies ever, but it's like, it's just so good. Richard, I, I just love it. Yeah. Thanks, guys. On to the must list. All right, Richard, you go first. No, let's keep talking about Richard's looks. Let's just keep no, talking. No, let's not. I'm going to file an HR complaint. All right, let's go. <laughs> uh, must list for uh, for this week. I have decided to recommend you all, addicts, and and Connor here in Sterling, uh, How To with John Wilson. Uh, it is a show on HBO, perhaps HBO Max. It is a, uh, it's hard to describe. It might be like a comedy documentary show. Uh, it's visual poetry. 
It's a it's like narration put to f- really funny images set through New York. And each episode is just kind of going with an idea. Like the first episode is how to make small talk. So John Wilson, your host, just goes on a whole 30 minutes of how to make small talk. And it's just beautiful footage with really funny visuals, really funny dialogue. I, I can't explain it. Just check it out. Look for a preview. How to with John Wilson. It's really great. If you're a New Yorker too, I, I'm not, but like it, it's like all about New York. Like it's just all footage from New York. It's New Yorkers being super weird. Yeah. How to with John Wilson. Interesting. Sterling, what do you got? Uh, mine is Belly Button by Jellyfish, the album Belly Button. Incredible. The band Jellyfish came up with only two albums and both were perfect. It's kind of power pop-ish, uh, 90s. If you know who Jellyfish is, they were very influential for a lot of bands post them. I could not recommend the album Belly Button by Jellyfish anymore. Please listen to it. Understand the nuances going on underneath the the harmonies. Uh, The drummer, also the singer, and plays drums standing up, which is kind of cool, kind of unique. But I'm telling you right now, Jellyfish is the shit. What what do they play? What do they, I mean... Never heard of it. Probably nothing you would would know. Um, That is why the man I used to be, King is Undressed, Calling Sarah... Are you just making up words right now? Mm-mm. The ghost at number one was on the second album. Joining right. a fan club. Kyle's on your side. He seems to know this. Hell yeah, Kyle. Kyle goes, first four tracks are mind-blowing. Thank you, Kyle. Uh, my contribution this week, uh, so I'm I'm a little late to, the, to uh, the third season, but have you guys seen The Boys on Amazon Prime? Yeah, I'm, I'm it, a fan. It, man, it is like, <laughs> it's like um, if... Uh, if you've never seen it, you know, there's a comic based on it, but, or there's a com it's based on a comic, but it's, um, it's like if superheroes were like, forget the Marvel world, it's what would really happen if people would really have superpowers. It's just awesome. I mean, it's like, it's the most crass, disgusting, perverse thing I watch on a regular basis, but it's also hilarious because it's like, Hey, how would I really act if I could get away with anything at all? If I could like look at someone and, and, laser your face off if i didn't like what you said to me hell yeah i'd do it i'd drive down the road and just cut every car in half anyway uh yeah i'm worried about matt connor yeah seriously dude (laughs) no one is safe he's capable of so much one thing the boys hell of a name for a show awesome Two, when you said the boys, Richard was like, oh, yeah, baby, the boys. And three, I'm just not a superhero type of guy. I just can't get into it. When it comes to sci-fi books, fine. I can read those. Jules Verne, H.G. Wells, you name it. I'm in, baby. Then it comes to Blake Crouch for the new ones. It comes to shows or TV. I just can't get into it like the Star Wars. Uh Uh-uh. Boy, Drilling just lost everyone right now. Drilling just went to zero fans besides H.G. Wells. I don't know what's happening. Man, I just, it's just not my thing, okay? Like, no, I, it's sports, all... sports, music, books. But when it comes to sci-fi stuff, it's – it's no. I, I, that's not happening. I'm not lasering someone off. And frankly, Matt, I don't want to laser someone off. That sounds – sounds dangerous i will say this in his defense it's not like your typical marvel thing it's it's almost like a sociological what would happen if if superpowers were a real phenomenon and what what the world would 
would look like with with that as part of it. it it's it's kind of that. Yeah, there it is. Anyway, take us out of here, Sterling. This was the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Richard, always appreciate it. He is the best muscleist out here, guys. Just check out all of his stuff. Richard is the man. Matt Connor, always a pleasure. Frankly, I've missed you. It is outstanding to be back in you. Uh, back here with you. Pause. Pause, Richard. We're going to need to cut that for the podcast. Please don't make that a sound bumper. Please don't make that a bumper. Matt, it was great being back here with you. I have missed you. You even got some reviews saying, where's Matt Connor? Matt Connor's back. Matt Connor is back. Uh, Check out, listen to me and Adam Best tomorrow from 4.30 to 5.30. Uh, Check out uh, Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam on Thursday. Until then, we are out. It is outstanding to be back in you.